this morning. Put a smile on your face. Find somebody. Tell them how glad you are to see them this morning. Let's fellowship for a little while this morning, if you would. shook your hand, hugged your neck. You may be seated. Brother Martin is going to come and he's going to give us our announcements if you would. Give Brother Martin a big hand. Good morning. Who the sun sets free is free indeed. Amen. So uh, I have not been here the past two Sundays. I have been um, hanging out with uh, sinners and blue haired people, hippies and liberals. I've been in Austin. That's where Jesus would have been. <laughs> oh, I've got two girls down there, so I did miss my church family. It's good to see you again. Uh, first thing, just welcome any visitors. If you're a first-time visitor, just signify it by raising your hand. We just kind of want to give you a little card here. Just turn it in at the end of service. Uh, we do have a full Wednesday um, schedule morning Bible study in the fellowship hall from 10 to 11. And uh, Brian, I have missed you because it's been a little quiet in there without you. <laughs> we also have Wednesday night services, 6 p.m. We serve a dinner, uh, 7 p.m. We have youth in here, and then Brother Mark has something for the adults, and we have something for the little kids. I'm going to go ahead and uh, remind you, not this Wednesday, but Wednesday the 12th, uh, we are having Fields of Faith down at the football stadium. Uh, we will have one of our kids speaking that night. Um, so generally, if you can come and support our kids, uh, that would be amazing. Also, uh, usually Ms. Cheryl is in the stands by herself with our kids. So if you could come support those kids, that would be amazing. So just help Ms. Cheryl out. It'll be at 7, I believe. It'll be same time as church service. So uh, we do need help with teachers and helpers, uh, with children and toddlers. See Miss Cindy on that. Um, volunteers for yard work. Uh, see Brother Gary Curry or Brother Mark for that. Uh, you can do your giving either online at uh, giving.landmarktyler.com uh, through PayPal, or you can do a check like I do and be old school. Uh, we are looking for a small piece of land to put a trailer on in this area. Uh, we are having a movie night, or the next movie night will be Sunday, October 30th at 6 p.m. here. Okay. Uh, we do need candy for our fall, fall festival. We have very little candy, so I expect to see some candy by next week. Uh, fall festival is October 26th. Uh, we do need volunteers to run games and booths. And we had a great turnout last year, so uh, we would definitely want to have that big of a turnout or bigger. Uh, life recovery class is going on today at 2 p.m., um, and we need water. 
I don't know if you notice on Wednesdays and Sundays, but people always walk around with water bottles. That's because we bring water. So uh, always bring water when you're at the grocery store. Just pick up an extra case. Um, and let's see, I've mentioned fields of faith. Oh, last thing. And I didn't ask Brother Mark for this, his permission on this, but nobody wants to see your butts. <laughs> Here's what I mean. On Wednesday, our kids play out here by the basketball goal. They leave trash sometimes. I have made it very clear that we leave it cleaner than when we found it. I expect them to pick up after themselves. They've done a very good job the past two weeks, but one of them hit me up with something last week, and I'm like, ugh. They're like, what about all the cigarette butts, Brother Martin? <laughs> you got a point. Hey, if you smoke, smoke away, but nobody wants to see your butts. We do have trash cans on the side over there. We've got a trash can right in there. If I'm making these kids pick up after themselves, I'm going to have to ask you to pick up, pick up after ourselves. Amen? Amen. Forgiveness, Brother Mark. Forgiveness, yes. <laughs> the butts are all under the blood. Amen. Amen. Now, again, we would ask you if you smoke, uh, uh, the best place is really on the other end of the building, the trash cans there. That way you can smoke there, throw those away. And uh, we appreciate all of your cooperation on all that. Man, God is good to us. Amen. And, uh, hey, don't forget, uh, just a little plug for our fall festival. It is one of the main uh, activities that we have during the year where we can uh, reach our community, where we can have a real impact on our community. We'll see tons of parents and kids come on that night that we won't see any other time. And uh, they'll be from all over from this neighborhood and from other places, some of your friends and family. And uh, so, but we can't do it without your help. It takes a ton of people to pull that off. So we'll start having sign up sheet uh, next, next week uh, where people can sign up to uh, run the games and run the booths and all those things. So please, uh, we need your help. So uh, help us make that a big success. But let's all stand, let's continue to worship. Uh, God created us not just to survive, but to thrive, amen. So we're gonna sing that great uh, Casting Crown song, Thrive.
Jesus, Jesus was all about his kingdom, and his kingdom is a spiritual kingdom. I'm going to speak this morning on spiritual warfare. And so the reason that you can go through life and you don't have to have that worry, that anxiety, or fear is because our hope is not in this world. I got good news and bad news for you, all right, for every Christian in the room. Uh, the bad news is you're one day closer to death than you were yesterday. But the good news is you don't have to worry about it, Amen. Because the Bible tells us that if we're Christians, we're just passing from what is temporary in this life to what is eternal with him. Amen. So it's not about death or any of those things. It's about where are we going to spend eternity? And so fear is not my future. Death is not the end. Jesus, you are. Amen. He said, I'm the Alpha and the Omega. I'm the beginning and the end. Everything begins and ends with me. Can I get an amen? amen. All right. Let's sing this new song, if you would. You learn it with me, if you would. Here we go. Yeah. 
pray for us. Father, we just praise you that fear is not our home. It's not our future, God. You are. Lord, we just ask that you would be in this place, Holy Spirit, that you would just take away the distractions so that we can just focus on your word this morning that the Spirit would speak to each of us, God. Because this is a place that is safe, but it's also a a place that we want to grow. Where it's alive, it grows. So God, I just pray that you would just grow us, each of us, where you need to in our hearts and be with the children as they go do their Bible study. Just speak to the children too, Father. We ask this in your name. Amen. Let's give the Lord one more clap offer this morning. Amen. You can be seated, and if you have kids for Children's Church, you can send them over there to Miss Cindy at the door, and uh, they're going to have a wonderful time. Give our Children's Church workers a big hand, if you would, for uh, all the work that they do. Look at all these wonderful kids. Those are good-looking kids, aren't they? Amen. All right. It's wonderful. All right. Brother Mark's going to preach quick this morning because I know the Cowboys are playing. Amen. And I know none of y'all knew that and none of y'all are worried about that. Amen. I'm just confessing to you, Brother Mark's worried about that. All right. So I will try to be as concise as possible. All right. Because, you know, that's God's team. (laughs) Amen. All right. Uh, as I told you, I'm going to speak about spiritual warfare. Uh, before I started, though, I wanted to tell you this. Uh, we have, uh, I just got these in. I know that we've had invite cards. Uh, but one of the things that I would like to do is uh, just so many people all around us are not in church anywhere. There are many people that are saved. Unfortunately, since COVID hit, a lot of people are like, well, I'm just going to worship at home now. You know, church online is a wonderful thing. And it's allowed us to reach out to people that we would have never been able to reach out to. On an average Sunday, about 100 people will watch this online, some of them in other states. Uh, I even was asked uh, by our church that we support in the Philippines if they could show one of our videos from one of our Sundays here. So we're even going all the way to the other side of the world. Amen. So it's a wonderful thing. But the downside of it is that uh, since COVID, it's kind of made some people kind of lazy. And uh, because, hey. If I can watch Brother Mark uh, in my pajamas with my cup of coffee and a plate of eggs in my own living room, that's a good deal, amen? And I'm here to tell you, there is a wonderful part about it, but uh, it's cheating you. If you're not coming here and being here physically, it's cheating you out of a major part of what the body of Christ is about because we were meant to do this together. We were meant to do life together. And we can't love on you, support you, and lift you up and encourage you if you're not here physically to do that. So I want to encourage uh, you, all of you out there in video land, uh, come come back, amen. Uh, we want you here. But uh, anyway, we uh, I ordered some of these um, door knockers. Uh, you can't hardly get anybody to come to the door anymore, but everybody can hang one of these on a doorknob, all right? And so uh, what I would like to do is, uh, if you will take some, especially if you live in the uh, Chapel Hill area, Take some, just go through your whole neighborhood. Just hang these on the doors. Uh, If you get a chance to talk to your neighbors, that's awesome. Invite them physically, share the gospel with them. But 
Regardless, you can leave this hanging on the door. It's a way to invite everybody in your neighborhood. Uh, I would like in a, a week or two to maybe just have some teams meet up here and just do about a mile radius here and just coat these neighborhoods with them, if you would, all right? Because, again, uh, at this time right now on Sunday morning, there are tons of people, and I can guarantee you the majority of them are not in the church building. The majority of them are still at home. Amen. And so uh, there are people that I believe need us, and we need them. We need what God has, what gifts and abilities God has put in their life, and they need a body of believers to come alongside them and support them and encourage them. Because you can't serve in your living room in your pajamas. Amen. Uh, that's just a fact. Amen. Uh, so uh, take those. They're all. There's a bunch of them on the table back there, and take them with you and just uh, put them out in your neighborhood if you would. All right, spiritual warfare. Let's jump right in. All right. Uh, first scripture is Second Corinthians. Chapter 10, verses 3 and 4. All right. I've got two scriptures at the beginning, actually. Uh, and the first one says this. This is uh, 2 Corinthians 10, 3 and 4. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal or not flesh, in other words, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. All right. So right off the bat, we are told that this battle that you and I are fighting every day, and it's a battle, whether you realize it or not, it is a battle. You and I are in a battle every single day. You may say, well, Brother Mark, I didn't know I was getting up every morning going to battle. Yes, you are. And the more you realize that and the more you prepare yourself for that, the better off you will be because every day Satan wants to go to battle with you. And it's hard to win a battle when you don't even admit that you're in a battle in the first place. Uh, most soldiers recognize they're in a battle, and if you're going to fight a good battle, you've got to first recognize, oh, I'm going to battle, because there are preparations to be made before you go to battle. And so these scriptures are telling us this is not a physical war, though. This is not a war of flesh and blood. This is a war, and the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but they are mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. Now let's talk about that word strongholds. What are strongholds in your life? Really, it's any sin. You've heard me say this before. Uh, I would ask many of you in here, and many of you would admit, because you've been to AANA, Celebrate Recovery, how many of you in here are addicts? And maybe this would raise your hand. Now, the reality is, those of you without your hand up, you're an addict too. I, my theory is we're all addicts because all of sin is an addiction. We all have sins that we tend to have a bent towards. And we've got to understand that um, just because, and we've said this, I said this last week, just because you have, what we're good at is we want to use our, that for an excuse. We want to just say, well, I, you know, I'm an alcoholic or I struggle with drugs or I struggle with same sex attraction or I struggle with this. And then we want to use the excuse in our culture. That's just the way I am. I was born that way. Now I will agree with you up to a certain point. Yes, you were born that way because the Bible tells us that we were all born with a sin nature. So, yes, we were all born with a bent towards sin. The Bible also says that the sins of your father and his father are passed down from generation to generation to generation. That's why in families you will see a line of alcoholism, drug addiction, pornography addiction, whatever the case may be. Same-sex addiction, yes, all of it is a bent towards sin. But Jesus never said, yes, you were born with a sinful nature, but that does not give you the excuse to sin. 
That simply shows you where the sin is. The law is there for a reason. Jesus said, I didn't come to do away with the law. I came to fulfill the law to show you, and the law is there for a good reason. When Jesus died on the cross, did we just take the Ten Commandments and just throw them away? No, the law is still there. And what's the purpose of the law? The law does not save you. Jesus saves you. His blood saves you. But Jesus said the law is there for a purpose, and it's there to show you where sin is. It's to be the fence line, in other words, all right? And you've, you've heard me use this analogy before. It's like when you put your dog in the backyard. If your uh, backyard doesn't have a fence, your dog, if you're near a major road like this, the dog, they love to chase those cars, and they love to do things that they don't realize are dangerous for them, and that's why you build the fence. The fence is for their safety. It's the same thing in our lives, all right? You have a bent towards sin. If you came from a family of alcoholics, you probably have struggled with alcohol. You come from a family of drug addicts, you probably have struggled with drugs. And on and on and on, whatever the sin or the bent may be. But that does not mean you have the choice. Ultimately, it's called free will. Am I going to be an alcoholic because my father was an alcoholic? You see, you have one of two choices. You can either just say, my dad was an alcoholic, his dad was an alcoholic. I just can't help it. That's just the way I am. I was born this way. That is a lame, I call that laziness. That's our lazy excuse. And we want God to understand and say, well, God understands. I struggle with this, but me and God, we got an understanding. He understands. I can't help it. I'm just born this way. Let me tell you one of the major ones in this. You know how many people are angry these days? Do you know one of the fastest growing areas people are seeking help in? Anger issues. Because they're angry. They grew up in an angry household where everybody screamed and yelled and everything was a major knockdown drag out. And then they have their house and they wonder, why is my house always chaos? Why is there never peace at my house? Now you have a choice. You can choose to break the cycle and break the chain, just like we sang about this morning. You can break the chains or you can just say, I'm just going to put these shackles on because I was just born this way and I can't help it. So I'm just going to wear these shackles all the rest of my life. That is not an excuse for your sin. The Bible tells us that when we say we, uh, we can't do anything about our sin, we are without excuse. Quit the excuses, people. Quit the justification. Sin is sin. Well, Brother Mark, I struggle with this way. I don't know why God doesn't take it away from me. Go read Paul. Go read Romans chapter 7 and Romans chapter 8. And Paul says, I had this thing. I had this thorn in the flesh, he calls it. And I asked God to remove it three, not once, not twice. I asked him to remove it three times. And he did not remove it. And then the Lord comes to Paul and he says, my grace is sufficient for you. I'm going to leave that thorn in your flesh. And you're going to have to deal with it the rest of your life. And he says, my grace is sufficient for you, and I want to teach you that in my weakness, you're made strong. You can overcome this. You can break the chain, but I'm going to leave it there because I need you to understand. You need me. If we had no need for God, if we could live perfect lives without sin and without stumbling, why would we need God? You see, God, many times, it's the hard things and the tough things and the traumatic things in your life that drive you to your knees. The hard things are where I've learned the biggest lessons. The hard times and the sad times are where I've gotten closer to God than I've ever been in my life. So they're there for a reason. They're there for a purpose. Don't run away from them. Run towards God. Many people, these things happen in our life, and we, we have one of two choices. 
Well, I'm mad at God. God didn't do this the way I wanted him to, and I'm mad. I had to go through this terrible, terrible thing, and I'm mad at God, and I'm not going to church. I'm not reading my Bible, and they just run away from God. And can I tell you this? Just like the story of the prodigal son, he is waiting all the time with his arms wide open. He's waiting for us to return to him like that prodigal son. But guess what? He will not force you to do it. He will not force you to do it. The father, you know what? If you read the story of the prodigal son, it doesn't say that he went after his son, does it? It says he went out on his porch every single day, and he waited every day out on his porch looking for his son. He wasn't going to go chase him down. He wasn't going to go say, you know, you need to get rid of this thing. He was just praying for his son and waiting for his son. And I tell you, your heavenly father is waiting on you to decide, I can't do this on my own. It's a good thing when you say, I can't do this on my own. Listen, if you're an alcoholic, you can't quit the alcohol on your own. If you're addicted to drugs, you cannot quit the drugs on your own. If you're an angry, bitter, raging person, you cannot overcome that on your own. But with him, all things are possible. Come running into his arms. Quit making the excuses and just say, Lord, I can't do this. And he says, you know what? You're right. But with me, let's me and you do this together. And we can do it together. Amen. Amen. Even AA, which is not a Christian organization, even AA, one of the first things they try to teach you is admit that there's a higher power. Admit that there's somebody above you, stronger, and there's somebody else you need. Amen. So even AA, which is not a Christian organization, recognizes the fact that's what you need. You cannot do it on your own. And you need accountability. You need other people. But the main thing you need is God because he's the chain breaker, and he's the only one that can break the chains. Amen? Second scripture is Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 12. It says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles or the attacks of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age. Does that sound like it's talking about right now, right here, where we're living? Yep. Uh, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Now, we are into October. You know what October represents? A lot of ghosts, spirits, goblins. And a lot of times, as Christians, we just kind of want to just push that away as fun. But can I tell you this? There is real spiritual warfare going on. And you can't believe in angels without believing in demons. You can't believe in heaven. Everybody wants to believe in heaven, but nobody wants to believe in hell. Everybody wants to believe in angels, but they don't want to believe in demons. Can I tell you, it is very real. The Bible speaks to it. Even Jesus himself said, I am not of this world. I am not coming to bring you. I'm not here to set up. Jesus was never about setting up an earthly kingdom. And that's why it messed everybody up so much. Because in their eyes, the Messiah was coming to be a governmental ruler. And he was coming to reign on the earth. And he was coming to uh, set up his kingdom on the earth. And Jesus said, nope, that's not what I'm about. I'm coming to bringing the kingdom of heaven to earth. And guess what? Jesus knew his time was short. And he knew he wasn't going to change much of anything here other than he was going to bring the kingdom of God down to earth. And then he lasted 33 years. They killed him, and he went right back up to be with his father.
we were talking in, uh, we pray every morning with the uh, praise team, and we're talking about, you know, people dying young, people dying old. And the bottom line is, again, we're all going to die. The Bible tells us it's appointed unto men once to die, and after this, the judgment. And we get caught up on the, the years, the number of years. But Jesus never promised you were going to get a lot of years. In fact, he didn't even say to focus on that. Because it's not about the number of years you have, it's what do you do with the years you're given. Jesus only had 33, and he really only did his ministry from 30 to 33, so three years. So it was not about a ton of time, it was about what did he do with those three years. And he literally turned the known world upside down at that point with those three years in his life. So what's my excuse? What's your excuse? I can't promise you. 90 years or 100 years. I can't promise you even 70 or 80. But I will tell you this. Live every day as if it's your last and live it for the Lord and make the most of every day you have. That's all you and I can do. Now, spiritual warfare. It says, put on the full armor of God. That sounds like somebody going to battle. That's exactly what it says. So every morning when you get up, and I don't know if you've ever done this, but I decided one day I'm going to memorize this armor of God because I, I was told to put it on, and every day I know I need to put it on, but I never could remember all of it. So one day I committed myself, if I'm going to pray this every day, I just need to memorize it. So I'm going to tell you. Now I'm probably going to forget something because I'm old, amen? But I, I'm going to do what I do. And this I literally do this every day in the morning. I say, Lord, today, and notice that it says put on the full armor of, it's not your armor, is it? That's exactly the point. He wants you to just admit, this is not my armor. This is God's armor. So it all references to his armor. So it says, put on his helmet of what? Salvation. So it starts up here, doesn't it? Your day, when you go to battle, when you get up every morning, starts right here. What side of the bed am I going to wake up on this morning? Uh-oh. That just hit close to home, didn't it? Did you know that you choose every day? You say, no, Brother Mark, my circumstances choose if I get up and my dog has peed in the floor, Julie Trammell, uh, <laughs> it, it happened this morning or last night. Yeah. So, all right. So you got a decision to make. All right. This dog just peed in the floor. Now, I can either A, let that ruin my entire day and just focus on nothing but that, or I can choose to just say, Lord, my circumstances do not, and I choose joy today. Dog peed the floor, thank God he's feeling better, amen? <laughs> and I'm going to clean it up, go about my business, and Lord, this will not affect my day, amen? So you have a choice. You're, it's not based on your circumstances, because even if your circumstances are bad, you can choose. And sometimes the God, God even has it there for a reason. You go to work and your car breaks down. But guess what? Somebody, some brother or sister has mercy on you and sees you on the side of the road, pulls over, and you are able to connect with a brother or sister you never knew, and y'all have church right there on the side of the road. Sometimes God uses those things in your life. Amen? So we need to understand that God has a reason and a purpose for all of it. It is not your joy. It is not based on your circumstances. Get your stinking thinking out of the gutter. Amen? Uh, choose joy and say, Lord, no matter what happens today, I choose joy. All right? I choose joy. There's a difference between joy and happiness. Happiness is based on circumstances. Joy is based on the Lord. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Let's move down. Helmet of salvation. Then it says to put on his breastplate of what? Righteousness. All right? 
Now, you put on the breastplate, that, what does the breastplate do? When they would shoot the arrows, the breastplate was to protect your vital organs. And it would, when the devil shoots those arrows at you, they just clink, clink, clink. And so you put on the breastplate. Now, I used to struggle with this one because I think, righteousness, I'm not righteous. To me, that's perfection. And how do I put on, how do I put, I don't have any righteousness. Now, remember, whose breastplate is it? It's not your breastplate, is it? It's God's breastplate. It's not your righteousness. It's his righteousness. A very important fact. Because, no, you will never be perfect. You will never be righteous. But guess what? The Bible says that because I belong to him and because his blood covers me, I am righteous now. Because I'm a child or daughter of the king. Amen? So I've got his breastplate of righteousness. I've got to move on. All right? Next is the belt of truth. You got to have your pants. If you're going to war, you better have your pants hitched up. Amen? So there's a, a belt of truth. Put on his belt of truth. Why is it, Why the belt of truth? I wondered about that. And then I got to thinking, you know what? You cannot go to about the simplest of things is if you're going to go to war, you can't have your pants falling down. And they would wear around their waist. They would wear their sword sheath and all of that. So there'd be a lot of weight on those pants. And so your belt not just served to hold your pants up. Your belt was there to hold all of your weapons and your sword. All right. And so uh, the very the very simplest of things is every single day you need the truth in your life. What is the truth? Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. What do we call the word of God? It's the word of truth. Amen. And so quote scripture all day. Be prepared to have truth. It may seem like a very simple thing, but if your pants fall down and your weapon falls down at your feet and you stumble over them, you ain't going to fight a very good battle, right? You've got to have the basics. Then it goes down to the feet. Then it says the shoes of peace, the peace of God. Everywhere I walk, I want to walk in the peace of God. Now, this may not seem like a real big one, but this is a huge one. Every day I walk, wherever I go, I want my feet to walk in peace. How do you do that? How many of you would just say, man, I would love that. I would love to just walk in peace every day. You can. You've got to choose it. It all starts here because where the mind says go, that's where the feet are going, right? But you can choose it. I, Lord, today I'm going to walk in peace. Well, Brother Mark, you don't know where i got to walk today. i got to go walk in that place where I work. And I don't like everybody there. And some of them really tick me off. And some of them make me mad. And some of them are always picking at me. And uh, I can't get along with most of them. You must choose to put on the shoes of peace and say, I'm walking in that place today, and I'm walking in the shoes of peace. Come on. <laughs> amen. Somebody needs to help me. Amen. All right. So the shoes of peace. Then the last two uh, is the shield of faith. What is the shield of faith? Again, it's kind of like the breastplate. It's how you block yourself. And then there is only, in the whole set of armor, there's only one offensive weapon. Everything else is defensive. But there's the sword. And the sword is the sword of the spirit and the word. Amen. And that's how you cut the enemy. You want to cut the head off the snake? It's the sword of the spirit, the Holy Spirit that lives inside of you. He is mighty. And he is good at tearing down strongholds. Satan's got a stronghold in your life. He walks in and the Holy Spirit can walk in and he say, demon of addiction, demon of alcoholism, whoosh, cut it off. Demon of drug addiction, whoosh, 
demon of anger, he can cut it. That sword will cut it. All right? So we must walk with the sword of the Spirit. All right? Um, Let's see here. I wanted to give you two things. You are not alone in your battles. Scripture is 2 Kings 6, 15 through 17. And this was a guy named Elisha. And Elisha was trying to get the Lord to show up. When the servant of the man of God arose early and he went out, there was an army surrounding the city with horses and chariots. And his servant said to him, Alas, my master, what shall we do? So they're surrounded, all right? So he answered, Do not fear, for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Now the servant was like, What are you saying? It's me and you standing here, and we are surrounded by an army. Look what happened, though. It says, And Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray, Open his eyes that he may see. Then the Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw. And behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. The Lord will go before you. You you ever heard us say that? The Lord will go before you and fight your battles. Amen. There is spiritual warfare going on all around you, and uh, God is sending angels to be around you all the time. We had a service one time with a bunch of autistic children, and they say autistic children have this kind of sixth sense. And that sixth sense is they're very in touch with spiritual things. And maybe some of you were around, you old-timers, and this was back in the 80s or 90s in Landmark, and um, somebody, these kids could not physically speak, but they had uh, like a, a typewriter, and they would type, and they could talk through that typewriter. And somebody, they had a kind of a question-answer time, and they, they asked the... Uh, uh, the children, they said, do you see angels in this building? And say, they said, oh, yes, we see angels. And they said, how many angels are in this, in this room right now? And they said, they're lining the walls. They could see that the, we were just surrounded. And can I tell you, every single day where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. Wherever two or more are gathered, there am I also. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, many times he is sending his angels to fight those demons for you. And you may say, well, why do I need angels in church? Can I tell you, the devil lives right here in the church more than he lives anywhere else, amen? Because he does not like what's going on in here. So listen, you need lots of angels in this room, amen? Because the devil, if you're not living for the Lord, all them people out there, he can just kind of let them go. Just y'all keep doing what you're doing. But he knows he does not like what's going on in this place. So he's going to come in here and he's going to try to divide and conquer Divide and conquer. Does that sound familiar? Does that sound like what's happening in our country today? Does that sound like what's happening in our churches today? Do you know two of the mainline denominations, two of the mainline Protestant denominations in America are going through splits right now? The United Methodist Church and the Southern Baptist Convention. The lar- two of the largest groups. And the devil knows the more I can divide, the more I can conquer. The more I can split them, the more I can conquer. Church splits happening all the time. Divide and conquer, divide and conquer. Because we are much weaker apart than we are together. All right? Number two thing is, your prayers are more powerful than you know. Uh, scripture on this one is Daniel 10, 12 through 14. Then he said to me, do not fear, Daniel, for from the first day that you set your heart to understand and to humble yourself before your God, your words were heard, and I have come because of your words. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me 21 days, And behold, Michael, one of the chief princes, came to me, for I had been left alone there with the kings of Persia. Now I have come to make you understand 
What will happen to your people in the latter days? For the vision refers to many days yet to come. Now, when he references that guy, Michael, you know who Michael is? That's the arch archangel, Michael. And he says, Michael has come to me. I have angels all around me. Daniel knew. The same guy, remember Daniel from the lion's den? He wouldn't serve, threw him in the lion's den. Daniel took care of it. Why? Because it was Daniel? No, because the Spirit of God and angels, they were in there fighting his battles for him, all right? So you've got to understand, you're not alone in your battles. Your prayers are more powerful than you know. All right, we're going to look at these real quick because, again, we're getting close to 12 now. All right. <laughs> what does the devil do? Why does the devil mess with you? Anybody here had the devil in your house lately? Some of y'all are liars. <laughs> devil shows up at my house every day. Amen. We got to admit it. Can I tell you this? Whether you realize it or not, if you're a born-again believer, when you're laying in that bed fixing to wake up, the devil or a demon is standing right over you, ready. And they say, when, am I, when his eyes pop open, we're going to start. He's waiting on you. That's the reality of it, amen? We can't see it because we're too caught up on the physical. Well, I can't see that happening, so I just pretend like it's not there. Listen, there's way more happening than what you see with your physical eyes. Can I tell you that? There is spiritual warfare going on all around you, and the enemy is standing over you, waiting for you to wake up and ready to go to battle. All right? So here's what the devil does. Five things. Number one, he blinds the minds of unbelievers. Each one of these has a scripture. Second Corinthians 4, 4 says this. Whose minds the God of this age, notice little g, the God of this age, who is that? Satan, all right? He is a God, but he's a little G God, and he has a lot of power. He's not as powerful as God, but do you know where most of Satan's power is? Right here in this physical world. That's why this world's going to hell in a handbasket, because God says, my kingdom is a spiritual kingdom, but all this physical that you see and you get so caught up in, it's the devil's playground. He is the prince of power of the air. Uh, whose minds the God of this age is blinded, who do not believe lest the light of the gospel, the glory of Christ, who is in the image of God, should shine on them. Number two, the devil steals God's word from you. Matthew 13, 19. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, then the wicked one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. This is he who received the seed by the wayside. All right? Uh, you know what happens the minute sin enters your life? First thing you do is you stop reading your Bible and you stop praying. Why? Because it convicts me. So the minute backsliding starts, that's a big word for some of you non-church goers, backsliding is just when you kind of fall away from the Lord. Backsliding always starts with, I stopped reading my Bible, I stopped communicating with God, I stopped praying. All right? So understand that's the devil's greatest tactic. I can't have you sold back, but I can definitely make you ineffective, and I'll just get you to stop praying, stop reading your Bible. All right? He steals God's word from you. Number three, he sets traps to ensnare you, 2 Timothy 2.26, and that they may come to their senses and escape the snare of the devil, having been taken captive by him to do his will. How many of us in here would say, I'm all about doing the will of the devil in my life, the, the will of Satan. 
None of us would say that, but guess what? Uh, Anytime you don't choose God, you are choosing the will of Satan. Anytime you choose, I'm not God, that sounds like a good plan, but I don't like it. I want to do it my way. You just chose the other way, and there is only one other way, and that's the will of Satan. Amen? There's God's way, and there's not his way. There ain't really any other option, all right? And so uh, we all, more times than we want to admit, do the will of Satan in our lives, all right? Um, And number four, he fights to stop you. Again, once you're a saved individual, he can't have your soul back, but he can try to stop you and make you ineffective and make you fall out of church, make you fall out of serving him. And uh, what is the scripture on this one? 1 Thessalonians 2.18. Uh, therefore, we wanted to come to you, even I, Paul, time and again, but Satan hindered us. And some versions say Satan stopped us. All right? So Satan wants to stop good things from happening in your life. Every time you try to move closer to God, you notice how the devil rises up and jumps on your back? He wants to stop you. He cannot have your soul back, but he says... You're heading in a direction where you're going to do something for God, and I don't want that to happen, so I'm going to put some things to distract you. I'm going to stop you from going or doing what you need to do. Number five, he plans to destroy you. 1 Peter 5, 8. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. And again, getting people out of church and I've used this analogy a lot here lately, but it's like that pack of uh, antelopes, and they're out on the savanna in the, uh, in the wilderness in Africa, and the hyenas or the, lion, the pack of lions are tracking them, and they're waiting for that one lone antelope to separate itself from the herd because that becomes the one they're going to go after because they know if they go after the whole herd, they're going to get beat up because even antelopes, they got sharp hooves and they got horns, and so... Uh, the hyenas, the lions, the hunters are very smart, and they wait for that one to peel off from the pack, and then they attack, and that one's outnumbered. And that's it. when you get away from the church, you're out there on your own. You're out there alone, and Satan is like a lion, and he's seeking whom he may devour. And when you get off by yourself, you're the one he may devour, okay? And I'm going to ask the band to come up while I finish this, all right? So how do I finish the battle? How do I fight the battle? Ephesians 6, 13 through 18. All right? I went over this, but let's let's go over it again. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Stand, therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit which is the word of God praying always with all prayer and supplication of the spirit being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all of the saints now I want you to look at this last statement we do not fight for victory can I tell you this here's, here's a major mistake we make in fighting the battle We think we're fighting for victory. And God says, you don't have to fight for victory. I've already won the battle. I did it on the cross. I won the battle. The battle has been won. 
You're not fighting for victory. In fact, you're just trying to live your life for the Lord. So you are fighting from a position of victory. You're fighting from a position of having already won. But most of the time we forget that. We let the enemy lie to us and deceive us. And we forget the battle's already been won. When you're fighting that addiction, the battle's already been won. When you're fighting getting your life back on track, the battle's already been won. You just have to walk into it. Amen? You have to walk into it. Do not let the enemy lie to you, deceive you, or steal from you. All right? And the last scripture is this, 1 John 4, 4. says, You are of God, little children, and you have overcome them, because he who is in you is greater than he who is in this world. Can I get an amen? Amen. Let's stand if you would. We're going to sing this song uh, called, what is the name of it? Great I Am. Because he is the great I am in your life. He can meet every single need. He can tear down every stronghold in your life. Amen. And then we're going to have a time of uh, uh, response, if you would.
you need to come today and just lay things at the altar to the great I am, if you need to come this morning, have somebody pray over you, Brother Martin will be on that side, I'll be on this side, we would love to pray for you. If you need to come and join the church, if you've never been saved and you say, I, I don't know how to be saved, I don't know if I'm going to heaven when I die, uh, come to Brother Martin and myself, we can show you that. Uh, it's not anything you do, it's what the Lord has done for you. And so if you need to come, I'm just going to ask the Lord, Lord, would you have your will and your way in this place today? God, would you move in an incredible way? God, I let the decisions be made today, Father God. Let people just bring their needs and lay them at the feet of Jesus. Lay them at this altar. Have your will and your way in Jesus' name. You come as we uh, pray and as we sing this song of the Lord.
Lord, would you meet every single need in this place today? We love you. We praise you. God, we thank you that you're our firm foundation. And Lord, that doesn't mean we won't have to face hard things and hard times. But God, you promised that you'd walk through every valley with us. You never promised to pull us out of the valley. You simply promised to walk through the valley with us. Lord, be with everything that everybody in this room is going through. Things I don't even know about. But God, you know what's going on in everybody's life. You know what kind of trauma everybody is facing. And I pray over all these homes. I pray the blood of Jesus. I pray the power of Jesus over every home, over every situation, over every burden that is being dealt with God Lord I pray that Lord you would reign and that you'd show up and you'd prove yourself in every one of these situations in the name of Jesus amen man I hope that you've received a blessing for being here today I want to ask you uh, specifically for uh, Miss Vicky's uh, back here today and brother Jack's going to the doctor tomorrow we just need a good report would you just remember them tomorrow and ask the Lord to give Brother Jack and Miss Vicky a good report tomorrow. Amen. Uh, we want God to show up because we want to we want to brag on God because God can do it. Amen. Hey, I hope that you've had a great Sunday so far. Uh, go root on the team of your choice, uh, although we all know who God's team is. No, I'm just playing. Hey, it's been good to see you. Go and have a great rest of your day. Amen. <laughs>